Welcome back, Borderline Raptors. Kitch Deno joining shortly, as is our latest guest, Aaron Rose via Sports Illustrated. He is the Raptors uh, media man for Sports Illustrated. He joins for the whole hour and does a great job with us. And I, I'm telling you right now, stick around for the What Drives You Crazy segment or jump right ahead to it because it's one of the, it's one of the best ones we've done uh, as a direct result of uh, Aaron's contribution to that segment. So it's, it's a good one. Uh, other than that, it is a recap of the Raptors season. Uh, we do a little bit of grading on three key players uh, and we sort of talk about what, uh, what to expect next year and where those ping pong balls uh, uh, may fall and how they may affect us. Uh, after that, it's a little bit of the uh, playoffs preview into some backyard gambling, some PGA stuff, uh, what drives, as I mentioned, and the rabbit hole via Kitsch this week. So uh, that's it coming up. Kitsch, Deno, Aaron. Kitch, yellow, Michael, the gnome. All right, guys, listen, uh, here it is. I think it's the first time we've done this with three of us and a special guest, but we do have our next guest in the pod, a young man by the name of Aaron Rose. Uh, and I've got bad news for the two of you, uh, Kitch and Denno. Uh, Aaron graduated with a master's degree from Northwestern University, which means he's definitely smarter than the two of you. Right. He's a wildcat. He's a wildcat. Well, we'll find out if he is or not. Uh, but currently, Aaron is working for Sports Illustrated as the lead Toronto Raptors um, uh, cover band. So uh, Aaron is, uh, and I've chatted with Aaron a little bit back and forth over Twitter over the course of the season. Uh, and so, you know, he very graciously agreed to come on. So Aaron, welcome to Borderline Raptors. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, all right, so listen, let's dive right in here. We're gonna, I'm going to throw it to you first. So you've covered these guys now for a little over a year, but I'm sure you've been a, a lifelong uh, Raptors fan like the rest of us. Um, so why don't you just give us your thoughts on the season? All right, just a quick sort of recap, and then we'll, we'll dive into some, some deeper things. It sucked. <laughs> give it to you in, can I give it to you in one word? Um, well, I'll tell you what. Listen, we're always looking for brevity. That's perfect. I, I think just like all the Raptors players said, it was a tumultuous season um, and things sort of went wrong right away. They, they had some issues moving into Tampa and then um, things sort of fell off the rails early and they got back on the rails. And then we know what happened. COVID hit the team and they never really recovered from that. So I think that that when you look at this season, it, it was a season mired by by the COVID-19 troubles. Kitch, you uh, you broke down some seasonal uh, uh, breakouts as far as uh, the games. What what where, where do you want to take that? Yeah, so we went like we went, we started off, and I know they blamed it on COVID. The guys finding they're going to play in Tampa, they got to get they got to moving quickly down there and get things started. So we we fell at two and eight off the hop. So first ten games was not a great start being behind the eight ball. Uh, then we battled back by February twenty first. We went to sixteen and fifteen. And, uh, and we were firing all cylinders after the two and eight start, we went 14 and seven. So that gave us all a hope. We all thought, all right, this is a playoff team. We, we got a chance. And then COVID hits and COVID hits. And then we go two and 15, the next 17 games, like two and 15. Is that what that it was? was it. Two and 15. That oh. was it. That was that it. Was that was, it. was, that was it for the season. 
We trade away our number one scorer at the time. Uh, we don't trade away a person that we think we might have should have traded away. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you're right. I think with, with Aaron, just a lost season. It was a season that COVID hit us with moving them to Tampa and also halfway through the season. And that just uh, that wrecked an, a squad that was kind of on the bubble to, to begin with for the year anyway. Aaron, I'm curious, what, what were your realistic expectations for the season? Like, did you have this team as a, uh, I think when we went back and did it, I think we sort of were middling somewhere between a four and six seed uh, that could maybe sneak out a, a, a round in the playoffs, but probably didn't have enough to go to go too deep. What were, what were your thoughts on the season? I, I think you're right with what you said. And especially once the Nets made the James Harden move, the top of the Eastern Conference looked pretty loaded and like the Raptors were going to have a tough time. Um, that second part of the season where after the, the, the eight and, or the two and eight stretch to start the season, the Raptors won some pretty good games. They, they, they knocked off the nets and that weird Kevin Durant game. They, they beat uh, Miami twice. If my memory is correct. And then they beat the 76ers. So we've seen when they were sort of at their best that they can hang with some of those teams. But I think if you sort of, without the COVID and maybe without Tampa and playing at home. And if this was a normal season, I think you're probably right that this was going to be a team um, below Miami, below Philly, below the Nets, below Milwaukee, but right sort of in there with the Celtics and and some other teams in the middle of, of the pack and probably a team that, sort of reminded Raptors fans of what it was like before Kawhi Leonard came with a ceiling sort of like those DeMar DeRozan teams that probably was going to win in the first round, maybe maybe win in the second round, but probably wasn't a championship team. So I think if you headed, if you went into the season with sort of Aaron Baines as your center, uh, you probably knew you weren't a championship level team. Well, you know what I kind of say, and I hate to admit this, but every once in a while, uh, Aaron, I do admit when I'm um, I'm not on top of things, I actually didn't hate that signing. I thought it was like, oh God, Aaron, okay, that's not horrible because he's had you know he's had a couple a couple decent runs uh, in different spots, but clearly not in a premier starting center role. Which obviously, as soon as he was thrown into that, what a disaster that and turned out to be. And Aaron, you know what? That is the kiss of death because when Bart doesn't really hate something, yeah. it never works out. Like you need him to hate something and then it works out. Then it's perfect. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to Was that. he upset about the the Kawhi Leonard trade years ago? Uh, it probably was. He probably you was. What? Uh, oh no, god, I love that trade. Yeah. Kidding me? I would have given up more than DeRozan. I probably would have given up DeRozan, well, that, Lowry, that's a, OG. That's the last thing. That's probably the last thing that's worked out for him. That's probably the last thing that's worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I love that trade. No, no. Uh, okay. Deno, where uh, where do you fall? Why, I know, listen, you've been the most glass half full guy uh, for us throughout the season, which is uh, a nice mix. But you, but why don't you give it to us straight? Give us what your, your real uh, Denoisms for the season. Well, the season's like just a lot of anger. A lot of anger. I went. On, I went on that one week hiatus where I didn't watch a Raptor game, and I was happy around the house. Everyone's going, "Hey, your your mood's great." And I go, "Yeah, I'm sick of watching a game and them playing well through three quarters, and then start sucking in the fourth, and then we lose by one or two points on a last shot. Like, it's just too much of that this year uh, for me." You know, I was looking at at Lowry, right? Like post uh, post trade, he only played nine of the last twenty seven games. Like he basically, we basically got him healthy for free agency. Like it's just like, like that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what we did. I was actually reading Aaron's article that he released a couple hours ago, right? With some information on Lowry, right? And it's like, we actually rested him for free agency. Like it's crazy. Well, I, I know, but that's so I was going to, uh, Aaron, what did we finish out of the play? What are we five games back from the 10 seed? I think is that what we ended up five or six games? 
uh, sure, out of that, that well, you know. once, yeah. once they started resting everyone down the stretch yeah. i was like all right i started looking at the reverse standings not the normal standings i can tell you they finished seventh, seventh last in the lottery odds i don't know how far they were out of the playoffs welcome to the last three pods yes yeah yeah i, I know but that, that still can it does still confound me that whole get like i'm starting to think um that we could have easily made the playoff. I mean, made the playoffs that two and 14 or 15 stretch obviously wasn't going to help. But even after, even after the all-star or at the trade deadline, we were kind of easily made uh, the playoffs and probably a seven or eight seed. Had we played everybody when they were available, like we didn't play anybody uh, uh, very often. And, you know, here we are, like you said, getting Lowry ready for free agency. And I just think we're in a worse spot than we were in the, at the trade deadline, which doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense, even though I guess our ping pong balls, what do we, we have the seventh best chance, uh, to get the number one pick, but I think it's like a 30, 31.9% chance of getting a top four pick. See, I can't tell you how many games they were out, but I can tell oh, you like down that. to the decimal what they I are like of getting a top four pick. You know what, Mike, you better be careful. You'll be out of a job here pretty soon. Gary he keeps coming up with these stats <laughs> like that. Uh, that was good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, listen, if we ended up with a top four pick, then obviously once again, it'll be like Aaron Baines. I will eat crow about that because a top four pick in this draft. And even I was listening to another pod, uh, and they said basically it's even a seven, potentially eight deep draft uh, that where you're gonna you could get someone. Obviously, you never know, but you could get someone of value. So that has to work out for us, I think, for the, for there to be a silver lining. Yeah, it, it was it was weird. I, I sort of asked Kyle Lowry today, like, why didn't you ask to be traded? I, as I wrote about a little while ago, it's a shame to me that he's not he wasn't used in in either a team trying to make the playoffs or in the playoffs. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. This this is a guy who's still you know playing at, a, at an elite level. Um, he's still a, a very talented basketball player who could have made a difference. So either the Raptors to me should have used him to try and get into the playoffs or they should have traded him so that Raptors fans and, and another fan base could have enjoyed him um, making a difference in a playoff run. So instead you have him sitting, you, you had the number, right? He, he played nine of the last 27 games. So he's just resting there. And we know he's a player who could have made a difference for any number of teams. And, and to me, it's just unfortunate that you have this player who's, sitting on the bench, not being used when he could have been a, a big difference maker for somebody. Did he give you uh, did, when you talked to him, did he give you any feedback? Like, did he get sort of that same sentiment without maybe saying exactly like that? Well, he, he sort of said that he, he made a promise to Fred Van Vliet in January that he was going to stick with the team this season. And he wanted to be a man of his word. And I think ultimately he left it up to Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. And he said, I'm not going to go to them and say, please trade me. I'm going to say, you know, I made this promise to Fred and if they trade me, it's, it's sort of on them. Um, they're going to do what's best for the organization. And as we know, the Raptors didn't get an offer that they wanted, but I sort of, to me, I, I think if I would have been in his position, it wouldn't have been a James Harden situation where he makes a big fuss and demands to get out in a big show and frustrates a lot of Raptors fans. I think if he had just said, you know, thanks for everything, Messiah jury, I appreciate everything, but just please take the best offer you can get and send me to one of the three playoff teams that's interested in me. I think everyone would have been content with that, but he wanted to keep this promise. And obviously that's respectable. And he finished the season sort of resting away the last few games with the exception of that Lakers game. That, that was an incredible game. Yeah. Could be his last game as a Raptor. You know what? Promises, promises. What do you care? Listen, I, I am. Not, uh, we that's all, not Lowry. Yeah, sorry. We all know. We no. all know. We all know Lowry. Staying in Tampa, he's probably got a nice couple of golf courses in the area. He loves to golf. Uh, I think, think he's quite content to be in Tampa in this, you in know this climate. Better tax yeah. situation over the yeah. last two or three months, yeah. too. That doesn't that doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Yeah. Daniel, go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? No, like it's not it's not like 
I'm not saying we're we're blaming Lowry here, but like no. Masa- like like we we've talked about it. Messiah played his poker hand. He he, he played his hand wrong, right? He thought he had God. pocket aces and he had a two seven or like he had a a small pocket pair and he you know he he got called in his bluff and yeah so yeah I, you know what I I I never thought of that I I'd actually if he got traded I'd be cheering so hard for that Lowry team. Right. Like it's I'd true. be like, I'd want to make a run. I'd be, I actually be a lot more excited. I'm excited about the playoffs, but I'll be, I'll be rooting for that team wherever you went. Well, you're a Portland well, fan I, now, Dan, are you then? You must be a Portland fan. Yeah, I am. I, I'm, I'm cheer for Norm for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a Portland fan. I have a little money in them coming out of the West too. So that <laughs> may, that may factor into my uh, fan, my fanism. Uh, okay. So listen, here's what we're going to do. Cause I want to get back to you. Don't let me forget about your jury. I want to come back to that and get Aaron's thoughts on, on your jury situation, but I'm going to throw out a few names uh, you're going to grade them their final grade of the season. We've been grading them throughout the season. It's the final grade. So I'm just going to give like Kitch, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to give you a name and then you're going to have your grade and then we're going to rip it apart because it probably won't be very accurate. So uh, Kitch, first name for you, Freddie Van Vliet. Freddie, I'll give Freddie a B. I'll give him a B. I think he, uh, he was, he was okay. He had some good games. Um, obviously, got he got pounded by COVID. Like he was, he was, he was much like the season coming into stride, looking like he's going to be a decent, decent player after a slow start. COVID hit him, and uh, then he was on and off, on and off, injured, not injured. So I'll give him a B. I, I, I'm not disappointed in Freddie this year. Aaron B, is that fair? Yeah, I, I think if you just took the first half of the season before COVID, before the All Star break, he looked like an All Star caliber player, and he was probably sort of in that a territory but then COVID hit him and we don't know the impact that had in him and his his game fell off a little bit he was inconsistent both in and out of the lineup and when he played he was a little inconsistent so that seems like a fair number and hopefully COVID his COVID issues will be gone next season and he can get back to being that a level player he was before the all-star break Dano yep I like to be you know he he played hurt uh, a lot that that second half as well. What I love about Freddie is that he he lays it all out there. Like he he's our leader. When he's on that floor, he he wants to freaking win. And like that's contagious as as a leader. So we got him for three more years and he he's our guy. Like he's he's our leader. It's gonna have so, to be. Yeah. So listen, I, I'm gonna preface this thought with I love Freddie. He's the only raptor my eight-year-old daughter can name. So that counts for something. Uh but you know what? I don't know. If I believe he's at that elite level, like I know he was, he was flirting with all-star material this year because his, his numbers um, were backing up a little bit, but I don't know if he's got all-star material year in and year out was, th- was the first half of the season, a bit of anomaly. He was playing over his head a little bit. I worry about two things with Freddie. I worry that he can't really beat anyone off the dribble, which I think is a must in today's. And if you're a starting point guard in the NBA, I think you have to be able to beat somebody off the dribble. Uh, and secondly, as a result, like I don't think he finishes at the rim. I don't, I, there are advanced metric stats where you can figure that shit out, but um, I, I bet you he is in the lower tier of starting guards for finishing at the rim. So listen, oh, but I love the guy sure. and I think he's a, I think he's a, he is a, he's a glue guy. Uh, if you build the right characters around, right. Cast the characters around, he's going to be a great player for you. So that's, that's where I'm at with Freddie. All right, Aaron, you're next. Are you ready? Well, you know, we should, I hope so. I, you know what? I'm not going to do this because you just talked to Kyle today. We'll come back. I'm not going to give you Kyle. You know what? This is actually, this is perfect. This is very, this is good that we got Aaron. Aaron, OG, and an OB. I, I, I think I'd give him like an A minus. And the only thing he was probably missing was, was more health. Um, I, we, we had some pr- 
pre-talk, I don't know if I can take the listeners into uh, before podcasting yeah, conversations, sure but it sounds like OG Ananobi is is divisive around here. Um, <laughs> I'm of the I'm of the opinion that he's one of the better defenders in the NBA. The fact that he was asked to play out of position so much, he's not a five in the NBA. He's not supposed to guard centers, and he did that regularly against some of the better centers in the NBA. Mm. Um, and he's at the same time he's a guy that can switch down to to take on guards and and defend sort of across the board and in today's NBA that's something that's really important and with the, the amount that the Raptors switch that's something that's really important but we already knew all that stuff or at least I already knew all that, that stuff when it came to OG Ananobi's defense uh, the big difference this year was certainly after the Norman Powell trade his offensive game really took a step um, forward and I think it shows that there's a ceiling in a player like him that is is really impressive and, and potentially an all-star caliber guy. He's only 23 years old, and if that offensive game continues to develop, he's a guy that that championship teams are sort of built, not maybe not built around, but he's a guy that can be a key contributor on a championship-level team because of his defense and because even if he's just hitting catch-and-shoot three-pointers in the corner, every every championship team has the guy like that. So. I'm a fan of OG Ananobi's game and, and I give him an A minus. And the, the thing that was missing was probably his um his health. Obviously, this isn't an A minus sort of on the Kawhi Leonard. We're, we're grading on a scale here. That's right. Um, sure but, we are. But I thought he had a good season. We are grading on the borderline rapper scale. That's fine. Totally fine. Uh Deno A minus fair. Oh, I was oh felt so great when you said A minus, Aaron. You are welcome <laughs> back. Where were you a couple of weeks ago? Aaron, I deal with these Yahoos. That don't want don't want him to play, or we're we're having a conversation around who would you take? Would you take OG wow. or Boucher? You like said you, Aaron, were, you said you said you were done last week. No, yeah, no, but no, Aaron, we're Aaron, not doing no, this. Uh, no, wait, but we have someone smart on the pod now. Like Aaron, I ask Aaron, can you believe the conversation even happened? Go, hmm, would I take Boucher or their best defender? He's averaging twenty points a game. Okay, I'm off it. I give I give him an A. Um, you know, for, for the year, his offense really stepped up his three point shooting and guys start watching his freaking defense. When you're, you guys watch the games, watch who he's defending. Always the best player as Aaron made a great point. Again, he started watching centers, right? That the guy's all purpose. Guarding, so I give him an them. a, I think he was guarding them. I don't think he was watching them. Hopefully he wasn't watching them. That's not a great way to play defense. Well, um, well Bart, you don't like him. So there you go. No, well, listen to First of all, one word answers from, from you from here on in, just so we're clear on that. Kitch, uh, A minus fair. Well, you know, they moved him up. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll move him to a D plus now then. Maybe a D plus. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's so let, see what's, I'll, I'll give I will give him I'll give him an A minus. I I just I, he still has that he still has that issue though when he puts the ball on the court. That God. I just cringe. I just like I, I I like it when he gets the ball thrown to him, but just don't dribble. Like just okay, as long as he doesn't dribble, that, I'm okay. Hang on. Based on that, if you worry about someone dribbling the basketball, how can you ever be an A minus in your world? True. All right. Like, I'll move to what a kind of back what kind of scale is that? Oh my god, Captain Capitulate over there. A minus. Listen, Aaron, just oh. a quickly context on Deno's argument. Uh that Boucher OG thing was not that's the, he took it totally out of context. No one was suggesting that Boucher was better than OG. That's not what happened. However, uh, I think a minus is maybe a little aggressive on, even on our BLR scale scale. Um, you know, I think he's a solid defender. 
Um, I think he's yeah, he's definitely improved his game. And I think what you said is re- you're not going to build a team around him, but is OG the type of guy that's going to be a starter or a sixth man on a championship level team? Yeah, probably. He's got that type. He's got that type of pedigree. Uh, so I have no problems uh, with that at all. And I listen. Here's what I worry about when people start grading uh, defensive players. Like, how much are you actually watching their overall defense? And how much are you comparing that to other guys in the league to then determine whether or not that person's a great defender? So we're going to get into it right now. Zach Lowe writes an article about his uh, all NBA teams, all defensive teams. And he, he commented on OG that it, it, it pained him to leave OG off because he was the key defensive uh, cog in our system, which they call like some sort of Nick Nurse Helter Skelter system. Uh, and so he had a problem. So I think everyone recognizes he's a decent defender. I'm not saying he's not. Uh, but here's my issue with Zach Lowe. And this is where he lost it for me on this one. He also put mentioned, gave honorable mention to Pascal in that capacity, that Pascal is always flying around in our helter-skelter defense. So here's what I'd like to say to Zach Lowe if he's listening. Zach, you did not watch enough Raptors games to give Pascal any credit for our defensive schemes. I, I think you have to factor in um, effort, 90 feet, right? Pascal getting back is one of the worst, I think, in the league. Like, if things don't go right for him in the offensive end, he is not busting his ass to get back here. So he loses a little bit of credibility when he says Pascal sort of in that same ilk. Like when, he, when he says honorable mention to OG and Pascal, it's like, okay, well, I'm not so sure anymore. And then lastly, he put Thibault on the team. He put on Thibault, who plays 20 minutes a game uh, for Philadelphia, who he says is an, except, an exceptional defensive player. Well, how do you put Thibault ahead of OG in that context, I don't think you can do that. And then it's the same concept of, well, if your criteria is 20 minutes a game, which is two thirds uh, or uh, ha- yeah, two thirds of a game, then how do you put LeBron in the second team uh, all NBA and not first? Because yeah, LeBron only played 44 games, but he's clearly the best player in the league. So if you're using that minutes criteria, I don't know the argument just got lost for me. You should read the article, but I don't, I, the dispute is not whether or not OG is a good defensive player. Uh, I think he is. And I like I like a B plus ish rating for him, but the Zach Lowe stuff, his his arguments didn't make sense to keep him off, in my opinion. Now, let's I want you guys to comment on that if you read if you read the article, and if you didn't, that's okay too. You can comment. I think you're right that that Pascal is is what used to be on that caliber of defense, maybe not the OG caliber defense, but sort of in his most improved player season and, and his sort of the, that championship run when he was still brick breaking into the league. He was sort of at that top tier caliber defensive player, especially in the Raptors system where he could fly around and use his length and use his energy. And that's something that made him so special um, for those years. But I think that um, as his offensive game has taken on a bigger workload, uh, those things have fallen off a little bit and he's not the sort of defensive caliber player that he was. So I think it's fair to wonder if that was the right honorable mention um, for Zach Lowe. Um, the Thibault question is interesting because he's he's an elite defender, but he's sort of like if if we can talk baseball for a moment, it's like giving sure. a reliever it's like giving a reliever the Cy Young. He, he only pitched you know whatever a hundred innings, fewer than that, and he might have a great ERA and he might be a kind of a top tier caliber caliber pitcher, but he didn't pitch very many innings and, and Thibault's a great defensive player, but he gives you nothing on the offensive end. And that's why he was out of the rotation for long stretches of the season. So it, right. it, if you can't do it um, all the time, then you, you should lose some marks for that. So just, just like relievers do. Well, yeah. And, that, and by, and that's what I was saying, like by my rationale then, uh, well, what if a guy plays great defense for seven minutes a game? 
but that's all he gets to play because he sucks on the offensive end or is a liability somewhere else. And it's the same with LeBron. LeBron only played 45 games this year, but why is he punished then for not being first team? Because he's clearly the, one of the top five players in the league. So yeah, it was a, it was uh, it was a bit of a conundrum for me on on his rationale for coming up with some of that stuff. But Deno, I know you loved it. Well, I loved it because I was right. Um, but Bart, Bart, how you interpret an article, like he put Pascal in brackets. So he kind of said, here's my statement. And then in brackets, he goes, and Pascal, you read it by saying, oh, my God, Pascal, he's talking about and stuff. So like, Bart, glass is half full or empty. No. Thank you, OG, for, for playing hard this Come year. On. You should have been on the third team. They don't do third team defensive teams yo yo well he ranked uh, it. Kitch. He, oh, second, second team. Yeah, sure. yeah second team thank you kitch anything no i get nothing i get nothing okay. Covering. uh okay uh but kitch we're coming right back to you this is gonna be the last player we grade because we're not gonna grade larry because i don't think there's any point because it just i think we know what we do, we had there but we get to we do get to grade pascal <sighs> i got to grade pascal as a c plus i'll give him a, give him a c plus i just like if you're the guy if you're the man You've got to make some clutch shots and win us some games. The number of games where he could have won us a game and didn't win any. He didn't win one. He probably missed 10, didn't win one. You're right on defense. I didn't think he ran both ways on defense. So that, and the, the constant screaming yelp whine when he's going to the basket, it's, it's put me over the edge. I, I hate the, ah, every time he goes up and, and tries to make a lap that, that, that is, that has pushed me to the brink. So with Pascal, I just think, I think he's depreciated from last year to this, from, from the previous year to this year. And I, and I don't like the way this trend's going. I, I need something that brings him on next year. And I still think half of it's between his ears. So I'm going C plus in there. And I know he had some big scoring games, but I just think, yeah, I just think like keep, key plays, keep his key positions, key, key possessions. I mean, I just, I don't think he was there when we needed him to be there. So, Aaron, I'm going to come to you next, but I just want to uh, go back to one of your earlier comments where you very eloquently uh, said that Pascal, with the increased workload, wasn't able to get back on. See, that's why you're the writer. Right? That's why you're the writer. You put it. That was a very nice way of saying what I think we all believe to be true is that he doesn't try as hard as he used to. Uh, but with that, Aaron, C plus, fair or unfair? I think I'd go a little bit higher. And again, we're grading on a scale here, but but I, I, it was it was a up and down season and, and the clutch moments were certainly um, disappointing and probably leave the, the bad taste that Raptors fans have from Siakam season, but his, his passing, his assist numbers were up this season. And that was yeah, something he up. talked about wanting to improve coming into the year. And, and that's important because when you're sort of the number one guy and he'll probably never be a true number one championship level player, but if you're sort of want to be in that caliber, you need to be able to, when, when the double team comes, he showed an ability to pass out. I think uh, we, we sort of talked briefly about Aaron Baines and the Raptors didn't have sort of the spacing that they could have used to help Pascal Siakam. Nobody guarded Aaron Baines for most of the season when he was playing. And therefore you had another guy in the paint and Pascal Siakam was playing two on one or, or one on two, if you will, when he was attacking the rim, because whoever was defending Baines was not really defending Baines. Um, and other than his three-point shooting, his, his scoring numbers were very similar to years past. So I, I think his defense still could use some work. It wasn't spectacular last year. It, it still needs to get back to that uh, most improved player season. But I thought offensively, he, he was pretty good. Other than those clutch moments, as I said, his passing numbers were up. The problem was his three-point shooting. And, and that 
should bounce back. I don't really know why he, he went from sort of being a pretty good three point shooter for who he is, a guy who shot like 35, 36 to a guy who was sub 30% this year. And that if he can put everything together, that defensive game from a few seasons ago with the passing he showed this year with the inside scoring he showed you this year with the three point shooting he showed last year, we're, we're just, Crying, trying to create sort of an ultimate Pascal Siakam. It should be in there somewhere. Um, and hopefully that comes out last next year. Um, so uh, maybe a, a B minus would probably be my grade because there, there were some improvements this year, even if it was sort of lost a little bit. So I agree. Undeniably, his passing and his numbers certainly were, were much better. Uh, I don't know what his turnovers were year over year, but so that would, I would love to know what his assist to turnover ratio was uh, if it was a big difference year over year. But uh, so I agree with you on that answer, but I must, I must admit, I do agree with Kitch. The, like, if you're going to be the guy, and I think he likes to think that he's the guy, you got to deliver in the clutch, which he, cl- which he clearly didn't. So he gets pegged down for that for sure. Um, and then, you know, I don't know what you know or what you can share, but if you have any thoughts on his uh, locker room issues, nurse otherwise like he seems to be like he's maybe a bit of a problem on that front yeah there were some concerns with that he was fined once in this season and there was a report that he was fined again which the raptors said wasn't true but regardless there were some issues um i i don't know what's going on inside the locker room with those things i can tell you his clutch numbers this year were, were really disappointing um but for the f- beginning of his career he's been better than like Kawhi Leonard on very similar numbers shot number of clutch shots so um those are something anytime we're dealing with clutch numbers we're dealing with a tiny sample size we're we're talking about probably five games this season where he maybe five or six games where he missed that final shot or he fumbled the ball with the double dribble or the charge that I'm thinking of but other than that um for his career which is I think uh just over 120 shots in the clutch he's shooting like 50 percent, and that's really good um in those clutch moments um so so i'm not too concerned about those clutch moments Daniel, did you want to uh fair or unfair uh, uh c plus i had i had like a b minus uh, i thought his second half was a lot better when aaron was talking there i started visualizing those errors he made at the end of these games like they're just like fixated in my head around yeah. like the past the the travel that like what why'd you pass out why'd you double dribble double like, dribble just, the double dribble, oh, dribble. like the right, oh like we we had so much anger for that right but like when you look at when we look back at his years uh sorry comparing last year his stats are, are very similar like his turnovers are about the same looks like uh three point percentage yeah down down six percent we complained about that a lot um, at the start of the year, but I thought I thought second half. Like I bet you the second half he averaged probably more than than last year. Like when he really well, started, he had some big games. Or he had some big games. I think there's no. Uh, um, it's not. Um, what's the right word I'm not trying to look for here? But it, it's it's no secret that his um, three point attempts went way down in the second half of the year. I mean, he was chucking he was chucking a ton the first twenty games of the season. Uh, that went down. He definitely was getting the basket a ton more his last 35 games. I mean, that that's who he is. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think his issue potentially is trying to be that, that second team all NBA guy and carrying a team. And I don't know if he's built for, uh, like that and that, so we're going to close this uh, on this, on this uh, point here. Like I'm concerned with the Raptors 
that's their problem moving forward to get back to that championship level. They've got some glue guys. They've got Pascal. I wouldn't necessarily call him a glue guy, but he's certainly, you know, he's a viable number two option. He'd be, he's a great number two option. If you've got a number one option, um, you know, so uh, we'll go around the horn here, but uh, like, just where do you see this team at the start of next season? Uh, and what do you think is their number one priority uh, to address? And I'll start with you, Aaron. The big outstanding question probably is what happens, I believe, on, on June 22nd um, when we find out the results of the NBA lottery. So um, to some extent, that could change things. Um, but I think you're right when you say that Pascal Siakam um, probably isn't or, or I think I can say isn't a number one player on a championship level team. But that being said, you know, how many of those guys are there in the NBA? You might be able to can't count yeah. them on a hand, maybe two hands. So if you're asking for a Kawhi Leonard caliber player, um, which Raptors fans have been fortunate to have, there's not many teams who have that. So you're sort of in the mix with everyone else. And you're sort of waiting around where either the ping pong balls go your way and you get that type of player, or you make a trade like the Raptors did. You wait until who's the next disgruntled superstar and the Raptors have their full allotment of picks and some interesting players. And maybe some guy comes available and you can move Pascal Siakam or you can move OG Ananobi and you can add a bunch of picks. And that guy um, comes to Toronto and it, it changes your ceiling. So um, I used to say that the Raptors should just go into the tank and rebuild that sort of during the DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry era, the before Kawhi Leonard showed up. But I think, what was learned in that area is that maybe just hanging around for a little bit, as long as you have flexibility um, every year, there's a, there's a new disgruntled superstar and just make a trade. It's easier said than done, but maybe you can make that trade and, and bring in that guy because if you don't have one of those five, six, seven guys in the NBA who can go out, if there are even that many who can go out and win a championship, you're sort of in the pack with everyone else. Yeah, so listen, I, I agree. The, the lottery is a, is a big unknown at the moment. However, I mean, it's also unlikely that whoever you get, and if you even if you are lucky enough to be in the top five or six, maybe not going to have a, a, the ultimate impact uh, to take you into sort of a, a, a deeper playoff run next season. So, what, but I agree, it's very important, and it will probably shape how what the things we address. But uh, Kitch, do you want to? Do you want to chime in here on, on where we are next year and, and where we are next year? What do so, you think we need? So you skipped over this. You were going to bring it up. You never came back to you. You Jerry, we were going to come back to. I, I, I haven't skipped over it. All right. So, so I think that's a big impact. What's, what does, what does you Jerry do here oh, in the, in really? the, in the, in the off season. And then also, uh, yeah. So if, if we lose Lowry, then, so who are we going to get? We, we got to get somebody there. So we got to get some, we got to get a big and, and we'll have a lot of, a lot of money to pay for somebody. So hopefully we can acquire somebody who's, who's got some decent talent, but you're right. My, my fear is we have a whole bunch of guys that are great second guys, but we don't have a guy that's the number one guy. We don't have a guy that, Hey, I feel really good giving this guy the ball into the game. We don't have that. We got a whole bunch of guys who are good periphery guys, but not that one. And that that's, that's still, which I think is going to be a weakness next year. Denno. Yeah, like, you know, I was just, when Kitch is talking there, like, what what do we have in Trent, right? Like, we, we've seen him play, like, amazing, and then we've seen, you know, average, right? So, I think he's a big wild card, because we are going to sign him. Like, we're not, like, we yeah, are going to sign think, him, yeah, right? So, how does how does he fit in the fold? Uh, you know, I think we got to get rid of Lowry to kind of get people some more playing time. Like, we're, we're not going to win a championship next year. So let's let's start this mini rebuild while we get like maybe a fifth or sixth seating and stuff, right? Well, uh, even though I didn't get a chance to grade 
uh, a player because we we didn't have enough time. But had we, I just want you to know that Boucher would have gotten A plus and Baines an A. But that said, uh, I do believe our biggest our biggest weakness is getting somebody with size or some rebound. I don't even care if it's size. Somebody who can rebound the basketball consistent. We just got killed on the boards this year, and it was hard to watch. Way too many uh, easy second-chance points for, the, for our opponents. So I think we have to address our ability to, to rebound the basketball for sure. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think after that, you got to sort of see what free agency uh, market uh, comes to, to bear and then how we do in, in the, the ping-pong ball. So I think it's – yeah, I – you know, I'd like to think we're going to be back to where we were. Worst case scenario, we're back to where we were at the beginning of this season, thinking we're somewhere in that middling four to six seed with, you know, maybe a trade or way or something. But, but, Aaron, just, you know, I've said, I think, I think they move Pascal this, this off season, but that's, that's pure conjecture, obviously. Uh, so, uh, Aaron, quickly, you, Jerry, back or no back? Well, I can break some news on this podcast oh. if you, oh, if you'd like. Here we go. Here we go. Um, this is an exclusive. Um, <gasps> I drove past his house today. Uh-oh. And there's Uh-oh. not a for sale sign. <laughs> oh, okay. So um <laughs> any chance did he buy Larry's house? Do we know did he buy Larry's I don't, house? I don't know. Don't I can know. just tell you his 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 house is not for sale. Um okay. there was a Michael Grange report the other day that it sounds like he's probably going to come back and um all indications are that he's going to come back in those conversations. If they haven't already taken place, they're going to take place this week. Um, Masai said he wanted to, to wait until the season was over, but it sounds like he's been planning on, on being back next season because sort of he's been operating that way. And Fred Van Vliet indicated that. And so I'm of the belief that he'll be back next season. Well, I listen, I hope you're right. I, I have no uh, feel for that one way or the other, but I do think that's an important, just from an overall franchise uh, credibility and, you know, keep it on that championship sort of mantra. I think you jury is, uh, is important in that piece. So I, I, I agree. I think, I think he's on the hot seat there this year though. He, he botched a lot of stuff this year. He botched Gasol. Uh, he botched, oh. he botched Kabaka at the beginning of the year. So he got, he lost all their centers. He, he, botched the getting rid of Lowry. He botched picking up Baines. Like I can't, I can't come back and say, what did, what did you Jerry do well this year? I can't think of anything he did well this year. Baines-y? Uh, previous year, year. Yeah, for sure. So I think, but I think, I think he's gonna be under the scrutiny a little bit more this next year. All right. Well, hang on a second. He has a ton of capital. He, he can afford a couple <laughs> botches. If you want, like, look at you. Oh my God. We're two years removed. You know what? We're a bubble and a shitty Unreal season. We're still Aaron. We're still the defending champs, by the way. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think he's got a lot of runway left before you know people are calling for his heads. Uh, now that being said, uh, so Aaron, let's just get your thoughts on it. We we debate this at the beginning of the season because I think he did screw up the Ibaka. Like I saw, I think they were happy to let him go. But do you are you the belief that he was lining it up to go to make a run uh, a run at Giannis? Yeah, definitely, and and that's why I think they they were only willing to offer those guys one year deals and we talked about how hard it is to get a guy who's in that number one caliber can help win you a championship. And we don't even know if Giannis is in that caliber of guy yet, um, but he might be. So if you have a chance to get a guy like that, you, you should do everything in your power to, to get a player, to try and get a player of that caliber. So it makes sense to me that they, that they took the swing at, at him. They swung and missed. And sometimes you strike out, you strike out, excuse me. Um, I didn't hate the Aaron Bain signing at the time, obviously hindsight's 2020 and it didn't go well. Um, I think based on Michael Granger's reporting, things could have, 
been a little bit different with Serge Ibaka. Um, and, and the Raptors could have added a center like Ken Birch earlier in the season. So um, it, we haven't grade, graded Masai Ujiri. He doesn't get an A like he has in the year, years past, but I'm not sure he's on the hot seat yet. That's a little bit yeah, far uh, um, you know what? for me. Like I said, the only person that's got Northwestern capabilities is you're looking at them right now. These other two, don't pay attention to them. That was, that was ridiculous. Seriously. Uh, okay. So listen, we're going to, that's it. That's the Raptors recap. Uh, we're going to, uh, now Aaron, we're going to dive into a couple other things here. If you want to stick around. I, I'm happy to. All right, let's do it. Cause we're gonna do a little playoff, a uh, little playoff preview playoff matchup. Uh, you give us your thoughts on who you think, uh, pulls this baby out. So, all right, with that, we let's, uh, let's talk playoffs kitsch. I know the playing games are near and dear to your heart. Uh, so why don't you kick things off? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to pick our winners for, for the uh, seven, eight season, both conferences. And then we are going to uh, pick our winners for the first round in the, in the series matchups. Okay. So we're going to okay. be, and we're going to, and we're going to be a little bit quicker. Okay. It'd be quicker this. All right. Okay. Playing game well, uh, game one, Washington, Boston. Wizards. I like the Wizards there. I think they're coming with momentum. I think the momentum is in the right direction for them. I think the momentum's in the wrong direction for the Celtics. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Wizards to knock off the Celtics. Uh, but then I'm gonna take the Celtics to 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 win that that uh that eight seed game. So I think you got Wizards at seven, Celtics at eight. Well, who do you okay? So who do you have Indiana uh and Charlotte? Indiana Charlotte. I'm gonna put a little bit on Charlotte. Uh okay, but that's your order, seven eight. Okay, Tano, Washington, Boston. Who wins? Same picks as Kitch. T- totally agree. Oh, okay. Same. Aaron? Yep. I'll go with Charlotte. I feel bad for Nate Bjorkren. It's been a tough year for him. Um, what happened? It- can we can we just find out? You, you might have a little more insight. What, he was coach of the year the first 10 games of the season, and now to the locker room that hates him. Do you know anything? Like, what happened to him? It's I don't I don't know what's going on inside the locker room there, but Nick Nurse sounds like he's really upset about it, and he thinks that it's sort of like a, a media hit job. I don't think all the media is wrong because too many respected reporters between Woj, Shams, and and Bleacher Report all reported the same sort of thing. But whatever was happening with him in Toronto, Nick Nurse has said is uh, 100% false and a bald-faced lie. So um, he's he's not a bad coach. Maybe with whatever's happening in Indiana, they're just having some issues. Oh, okay. Listen, that's a little deeper insight than what we would have come up with. So that's good. Thank you. Aaron. Uh, so you picked Charlotte to win the, to win the Indiana game. And then you've got Washington to beat Boston, right? So now you've got Boston. And then and I'll Charlotte. take, I'll take Boston over Charlotte. Gotcha. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Give me Excellent. Boston. Over Charlotte. Uh, I will, uh, I have Indiana financially because I didn't realize LeBron was implying. So I've already made, I've already made that. And oh, hang on a second. I think I lost my demo. Or, uh, Mike, I think did I lose my headphones? You still there? Hang on one second. Yeah, okay. All right, we're good. Uh, so yeah, I like Washington and I like Indiana. Uh, and then I like Indiana over Boston. I think Boston's done. Oh, Indiana. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I just don't, I, I, it's a, it's an anti Boston bet, not really uh, an Indiana bet. So, uh, I think Boston has mailed it in. They're done. Done, done. All right, uh, other side. We've got oh, the big one. Deno, start with you. Lakers, Warriors. Yeah, I will be cheering hard for the Warriors, but I will, I will take Lakers. I'll take Lakers. I, I think, I think Memphis destroys uh, San Antonio, and then, and then Golden State, and then Golden State beats Memphis. It's gonna be boring. Okay, catch. 
I mean, with that, I, I, I so want the Lakers to lose. I'd love the Lakers to fall and get in the eighth spot and have to play Utah in the first round. That'd be that'd be fantastic for like a one eight with the Utah versus the Lakers. But I, I do think the Lakers get through as a seven seed, and I'm going to take Memphis to uh, to knock off by the Warriors. I, I, I like Memphis to get that eight seed over the over the Warriors. You know what? I would like the Lakers to fall to the nine seed. Would be would make me really happy. <laughs> oh, me too. Uh, me but, too. Uh, Aaron. I'm going chalk again. Give me the Lakers and the Warriors. That championship pedigree is tough to knock off. And but but hopefully Demar Derozan gets to play at least you know one more two more playoff games. So I'll take San San Antonio over Memphis for that eight or nine ten game. You mean before he's a Raptor again? <laughs> is that what you mean? Probably yeah. not. <laughs> don't rule, don't rule it out. I'm telling you, don't rule it out. Uh, okay, so I, I the Lakers are going to win that game by thirty points tomorrow night. I don't want to see it because I hate them, but they're going to win that game by thirty. Then Warriors and I think Memphis beats San Antonio. Oh, yeah, you know what? I'm worried that the, I'm worried that the big bubble that's been built up over uh, Golden State these last couple of weeks and how great stuff's been. I mean, these one game knockouts. Oh, I don't. I mean, I'm going to take Golden State, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I really don't like. It. All right. So by that rationale, here comes your matchups. So Kitch, just give me the winner. Nets with uh, no Nets uh, in your world. Uh, who'd you have? You all, had, uh, all three, Boston. all three, all three Eastern teams. So I think I think we're all going to agree on Philly, uh, Milwaukee, and uh, the Nets. I don't think any any of us are going to think right. they're going to lose. So I think the first all round, right. the only questionable series is the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn uh, Knicks Knicks series. I'll go East. with that. So let's let's just do that. So Knicks or give us the Knicks Hawks and how many games? I'm going to take the Knicks. I, I, I Randall's on fire. I, I do like the Randall Barrett combination. I, uh, I, I think it's going se- oh, it's, it's seven, right? It's four yeah. or seven, first round. Yeah. So I, I think it's going seven, um, and I'm going to take the Knicks in, in, in the seventh game. Dano? Yeah. You know, I've, I've actually watched the Knicks a couple of times this year, and I keep thinking of the old Knicks. They are a solid team. They got good coaching. I got, yeah, I, I got Knicks in six or seven. Aaron? I'll go with the same thing. Although, let me go back to Miami for a second. If they had Ooh. Kyle Lowry... Yeah, if they had go. Kyle Lowry around, that that might go the other way. I think going for Victor Oladipo and then obviously his season-ending injury, I'll, I'll still give it to the Bucks. But they're a team that should regret not trading for Kyle Lowry because because they could. We saw what they did last year in this same series, so they, they could they could have been on the winning side of this, and I think they'll be kicking themselves um, when this series is over. Well, I go. So I agree. I think you. I do think you did. Uh, just blow past that series. Like it's a foregone conclusion that Milwaukee's going to win that. I don't, I think that is actually a bit of a toss up. Um, and it could, I think it's going seven and I, I mean, Milwaukee, you know, should pull it out, but I, I think that one, that's not a no brainer. Uh, you know what? But I'd also say if, and I know they had no, no uh, ability to do it, but I also think a team like Milwaukee would have loved a Kyle Lowry. That could, that Kyle Lowry on that team would change their, would change their outlook in my opinion as well. But I know they had, they had no chance to do it. So, uh, okay. I like that. So now, uh, did you give us your Knicks, uh, Atlanta? Yeah. Give me the Knicks. It'll go a long series because the Knicks can't do anything easy. Um, but they'll probably win that series and then they'll lose in the next round. Uh, most likely, but I love the Knicks. Everyone's so high in Atlanta right now, but I love the Knicks are built to beat a team like Atlanta. Atlanta's soft compared to the Knicks. Thibodeau's a great coach. Nixon five on that one. Nixon five. Uh, all right. So if we go to the other side, we've got some interesting matchups potentially. Uh, Utah wins. So I'm not going to, we're not going to go. I don't care who they play. They win that first. Well, unless they play the Lakers, they play the Lakers. That's interesting, but let's assume that it's Phoenix Lakers. Aaron, who you like Phoenix Lakers. Until uh, the, the night King is slain. 
I think I have to go with LeBron James. So I'll take the Lakers. I know. I hate it, but you're right. Uh, Deno? Yeah. Oh, I will, I will actually bet Phoenix because I know there'll be an underdog, but I would, I would say Lakers, but I will bet Phoenix. Catch. I am going to go with the Phoenix Suns. My boy Booker. I love my boy Booker. Oh, I think, God. I think Booker, Paul, Aiton or Aiton or Aiton or whatever the guy's name is. Aiton. Though I think I think this team is gelling. I think this team has got got it together for for running into the playoff run. And I, uh, you know, I, what? I, I I think they're playing as a team. And I think with LeBron being banged up a bit, I don't think he's hundred percent. I think he's a little bit. He's he's not he's not fully back. And I'm just I'm going to call an upset and take Phoenix in that one. Well, I can tell you right now what Phoenix is thinking. And they're thinking, are you fucking kidding me? We get the Lakers first round. Yeah, that's for what they're sure. thinking. For sure. Right? But with your keen eye picking up on uh, LeBron's injury, maybe maybe that will be the uh, yeah. uh, I, the Lakers win that series for fun. That's probably in five, too. The Lakers beat them easily. I'll take, uh, I'll take the, the over. I'll take the over. Oh. Then the, the other matchup I think of interest uh, are my Portland Trailblazers versus the Denver Nuggets. No, Norton Powell's Portland Trailblazers. Powell's Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> Aaron, who you like there? I'm I'm concerned about Portland's defense. None of their guards can play defense. I think that's why the Raptors traded Norman Powell because they didn't want to sign a guy who didn't play elite level defense. We know Dame Lillard can do basically everything on the basketball court except for play very good defense. Um, and the problem is Portland's without um, Jamal Murray, which I think will also be a problem for team Canada um, down the road. Um, but I'll take Portland, I think in this series, but, but it could go long. It, it will go long. Dano. Yeah. I think Portland should have traded for OG instead of uh, Powell, but I will go uh, Portland in seven. Itch. Yep. I like the port. I like Portland as well. I think, uh, I think Murray's going to be, vastly missed when it comes to playoff basketball and uh, i just think i think that uh, the teams aren't that much different and without a murray i think that's the difference maker so i'm definitely riding portland i could see portland win this in five or six last 24 games denver 18 and six best record without, in the nba last without 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 murray well i don't know if he missed all those but he missed he missed the majority of them right so he missed mm-hmm. at least 18 19 of them so they have been playing uh, what's his name compazzo compunzo they're the 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 guard that took um that picked up the slack for uh, Jamal. He's been awesome. Uh, you know, I listen, I'm picking Portland and I think Portland actually is going to win pretty easily, but it just, it was surprising to me that Denver has been that good since, since Jamal has gone down, but yeah, playoffs are a whole different kettle of fish. And, and Jamal's got that sort of, as Jack would say, as Jack Armstrong would say, he's got that fuck you in him. So um, now he wouldn't say that on TV. He would just say that like when we have a conversation once in a while. Uh, so, all right. Uh, so listen, that's first round. We'll do this. We'll sort of do this week by week. So uh, now last thing on this, uh, we have uh, the PGA golf. Aaron, are you a golfer by any chance? You like golf? No. Do you watch golf? <laughs> no. All right, you know what? We're not going to go to you in this segment. All right. We will not go to you in this segment. But the PGA championship is this week in Kiwa Island, just up the street from Hilton Head. Uh, and we have, uh, we're going to pick our winners. So, uh, Kitch, Deno, uh, Kitch, I'll start with you. Who do you like? So I went through, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to bet on these five players. I've got five players on the list. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to bet on DJ and Spieth at, they're both around 14 to one. So I think DJ at 14 to one, I think is great odds. Spieth, Spieth is, he's on a roll lately. So I, I that'll be my, my more favorite one. And the more, my more long shot guys will be, uh, Corey Connors. I think Corey Connors at 51 to one. I really like him. 
He's made 17 of us of his last 18 cuts. He's been the top. He's been top 20 in the in the in the last 11 tournaments he's played in. Um, I think I think Connors has the potential to put Mike Weir to rest here, and we could have a new Canadian as a as a, a major winner if they call us a major. Uh, and then I'm going to put a little bit on on Patrick Reed at 39 to one. Everybody hates him, but he's he's rounding into form here. And I'm going to bet a little. I'm going to put a little bit on Cameron Smith at 33 to one. I think Cameron's due to win. I don't know when it is, but I think that kid is due what, to win. What do you mean if they call it a major? This is a major. It's the second major of the season. This is the major. All right, this major. Yeah, it's a major. Like five, though? Uh, five. No, that's the ladies. The ladies have five. Evian Masters. It's the fifth one. It's a little. Most people didn't know that. Uh, Denno. Yeah, I do like uh, Corey Connors. I think I'll just bet him every major. I'll throw fifty bucks down. He's sixty-six to one. I got to know sixty to one. I like that. And um, Deshaun about eighteen to one is uh, appetizing. And DJ, why? Why is DJ eighteen to one? I thought he'd be like ten to one or twelve to one. He hasn't been top thirty in the last two yeah. months. That's why. Yeah, but who cares? Like, who cares? The guys, that guy's a machine. So that's who. That's who I like as far as a a dark horse. Bart, here here it is. Dark horse. You ready? Go ahead. Go ahead. Jason Day. Oh, Bart, write God. it down. Write it down, uh, Bart. You're gonna love that because guess who I have and one of my bets not to make the cut. No, <laughs> that's good. That's good for me. That's good for me. So De- I, Deno, De- I'd have to, I'd have to say sixty to one. That, that is also a dark horse. Connors at sixty-one. When a guy's sixty to one, it's a bit of a dark, yeah. horse. A bit of a dark <laughs> horse. You know what they're suggesting? He probably has no chance of winning. Yeah. That's what they're trying to tell you. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I had to go back and check because I made these bets last night, which um, I very rare, rarely remember the bets I make in the morning. Um, but here's what I did last night. Uh, so I haven't picked a winner yet, but I'll tell you who I like. Uh, but first, my favorite bet ever and I, I did three players this time not to make the cut okay so you parlay this it's going to come out at nine to one Stuart sink ricky fowler and jason day not to make the cut that's free okay that one's free now the last two times i've done this uh one of the guys i picked not to make the cut has been leading after day one so uh those those couple weeks have not gone great for me uh now the other bet that I, I like, I do like this one too. But to make the cut, I parlayed Matt Kuchar, my boy Cooch, uh, and Harold Varner the third to make the cut. That pays almost three to one. So I like that. Uh, and then I did another everyone to make the cut. This is not pay as great, but almost three to one. But to make just to make the cut, I parlayed all of them: Spieth, Thomas, Rom, Deshambo, Morikawa, and Patrick Reed, all to make the cut. We'll keep. Tra- I'll track it for you next week. Don't worry. But I must admit, the person who I, I, I always like to get kind of decent odds. I went Patrick Reed. I think is the guy that I like to, to win at decent odds. But other than that, if I if I was just purely betting with someone else's money, I would bet Rory. This one's gonna be windy out there. This is gonna be a European dream. The wind's gonna kick up at Kiowa. Get the wind players. Find right. the wind players. Bart, you don't have to track what you're doing because next week you're gonna win zero dollars. So you don't gotta no, I, you don't gotta track I, it. I guarantee you one of these hit. And you know, if one of them hit, I will cover my costs. So there you go. Uh all right. Uh that's it for backyard gambling, I believe. We didn't t- we didn't touch on the series prices. Are we, are we, are we gonna talk about uh, that? We'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh 
so Aaron, I didn't prepare, I didn't prep you for this, but you don't have to prep for this one because this is uh, we assign uh, each week uh, one of us does a, a rabbit hole segment. So the rabbit hole basically is just the depths of despair that we go to when we have nothing else to do and how far you get down that internet rabbit hole, and we just sort of tell you what what we found. Uh, and so this it's Kitch's week to tell us uh, on the rabbit hole. Uh, so Kitch. So mine, mine, to be amazed, Aaron. Mine didn't go dark. Mine didn't go dark. Mine was. Uh, mine it'll was, be mine, no fun. We should. Was, we, let's just edit this out. If it's I didn't know it had dark. to be dark. I, mine just took me to some decent places. So, so I, I, I started with. Uh, I started with Ric Flair. Um, so I was watching. I was watching his thirty on thirty. Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Nature yeah, it was, it was an awesome thirty Woo! on thirty. I couldn't believe the guy drank every night for fifteen years and and is still alive today. So it was shocked. So I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna look at some Ric Flair interviews. He's got some great interviews on on, on YouTube. So I was, yeah. I was, and then and then that then spun me to uh, the twenty most inappropriate moments on live TV. So I watched that for a good ten minutes. The twenty most imp- like this, there's one where a guy's doing a uh, a, a game interview on the la- on the LA Kings ice after the game, and this girl comes on with stilettos and lands right flat in her face behind him, and they got a they got a stretcher coming and everything coming. <laughs> so so I went to there, and then <laughs> and then I it spun me into how is Israel's Iron Dome defense system system helping it counter Palestine's rocket attacks. So it spun me into this thing that that Israel's created, which which is cutting off all the missiles coming in uh, with this thing they've developed. So I was an interesting read. I was something well, I would recommend. Would tune just, into that. Just so we're clear, the conflict in the Middle East might be considered a little dark. That's darkish. <laughs> yeah, so but that has spun me right back to Mike Tyson's. The, all all his knockouts in in the history of Mike Tyson, oh, which was four, 40 minutes long. I, I actually watched all 40 minutes of it. I was there's just he just that guy. He just pounded the snot out of awesome. people like some. He had a lot of he had a lot of fights that were five punches long, like five punches, 20 seconds. It was outstanding. And then my last thing. So then from there, my last thing I went to because now I'm in there. Now I'm in for probably a good. I eh, watched that probably a good hour and a half now, maybe an hour and three quarters. Yeah, this is, this is a hell of a rabbit hole. Yeah. And then my, my last one spun me to uh, a lion is hunted by an onslaught of wild beasts. And they show this wildebeest skewering this lion. Like, so it, the, the wildebeest beat up the lion, which I was impressed with, but it kind of drove its horns right through his skull. And then you saw the, this pack of lions attack a giraffe and bring a giraffe down, which was also just fascinating to see how they could knock out his bait. So that was, that was, that was two hours right. of my life last You're night right. on, on that rabbit hole. None of it, none of it dark. You're absolutely right with that. Yeah, it wasn't too dark, dark, no, but it was just was animals just, being taken down. Yeah. That, yeah you know what? It's wildebeest, by the way. It's not wildebeest. I think it's wildebeest. That's, that's kind of dark if you're in the world, like the WW you know Wildlife Federation. I, I apologize. We probably should have someone else do the rabbit hole this this week for the <laughs> I, for our guest. Jesus. You gotta get the, watch the Tyson forty. I will do that one. Forty actually. minute knockouts. Yeah, Aaron, you ever find yourself just getting stuck? You get next thing you know, you've spent an hour and a half doing, and you can't remember why you even started on the internet. It's it's definitely happens to me. I can't think of the last time it happens to me. It happened to me. I know I'm moving soon. So when I'm moving and trying to make decisions on what to buy, I feel like sometimes I go down that rabbit hole where it's like, oh, where can I find the best price? Yeah. And I spend like hours looking for where I can buy the best TV and reading everything and all sorts of things where how does Facebook marketplace compare to other things? So that's coming up for me. I haven't hit that yet. Um, but, but I will be spending way too much time doing that. Pretty well, soon. if you want, I can just give you my wife's phone number and you can call her because she does that for a living. I believe. She I think you anything. can find the best TV in Sri Lanka. So if you go to Sri Lanka, you'll get the best TV. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anyone even knows what that means. <laughs> all right, listen, uh, 
Aaron, the segment I did prep you for, uh, which is coming up right now. So what, what, this is our weekly What Drives You Crazy. And we go around the table just, and you get to give a little tip. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be sports related. It can be anything around sort of like what you've seen in the world that just sort of like, you know what? That drove me crazy this week. So I'm going to start with Deno because, uh, and we'll come to you after Kitsch. Uh, we'll go Deno, Kitsch, then you. So this morning, you know, out for a morning walk, got the wife, got our three-year-old and our seven-month-year-old. We're like walking down the street. And I think people forget that, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's COVID. This woman's walking like straight towards us with their dog. And she decides to keep walking on the sidewalk. And it's like, go across the street. Like go across. We have four people here, right? Like the proper etiquette is to go across the street and do it. What do we do? We take our, our stroller, put it on the lawn while she like walks by. Hi everybody. Hi everybody. Whatever. So what drives me crazy is show some freaking etiquette. Some COVID sidewalk etiquette. Uh, fair enough. That's good. One. No, you right. would not do well at Hilton Head or Florida. You don't, oh my God. Don't, visit, don't, go to, <laughs> don't visit those places soon. Don't go to the States ever. Yeah. And but don't look at them funny either because that's a death sentence. They just pull up their gun and they shoot you if you do that. So, uh, Kitch drives me crazy. So, the reliance on, te- on texting as a primary source of communication drives me crazy. People text you one sentence questions like, Hey, Kitch, how'd the house hunting go? How are Sue and the kids? And the only way to respond to that question. It's to type a paragraph answer because it's not a, it's not a quick answer problem. So, so, and usually when you're typing up the spell checks disaster, it all it doesn't even read right. This whole process takes 15 minutes where if you pick up the phone, you could do it in two minutes. Why we got so far away from people calling each other and keeping things personal, hiding behind technology. So we do not have to socially interact. I think this is a problem for the growth of future generations. Nobody wants to talk to anybody more. Drives me crazy. Okay, so I 1000% agree with you until the age of 21, right? I agree. No one should be allowed to hide behind text. But after 21, guess what? I don't want to make small talk. That's exactly why I text. I want to call you and, oh, hey, how's Sue? How are the kids? No, I just want to ask you a question. I want to get an answer. I want to move on. But those two questions were the ones you asked me lately. So that, that, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that is the power. That is the beauty of texting. No real sort of small time chit chat about shit that does, you don't really care about. What's wrong with small time chit chat? It's good. It's healthy. It's yeah, healthy. It's, Catch it's, up with it's people. a lot. It seems like a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. But I agree. Kids, I hate it. Kids breaking up with their boyfriend or girlfriend over uh, text. All that. Like that's terrible. Like that's the worst. That that's that's a stain on society. That sort of shit. I agree with that. Uh, all right, Aaron. Uh, now you've sort of been teased with those two. What do you got for us? I have two real quick for you. Oh, the first one, because we were just talking about it is, is on these Raptor zoom media availabilities. Someone will say, Hey Nick, how you doing? And that makes sense. The first one, but by the third person to ask Nick how he's doing, I know how he's doing. He's doing okay. Don't ask him again. He's already told three times. So I'm usually at the end of the Zoom conference. I usually get one of the last questions and I feel rude because I don't ask him how he's doing because I know how he's doing. So, but that there's a small talk one for you. Yeah, but how about this? How about when it comes to you next time? How about you just say, hey, Nick, you still doing good? (laughs) Let that be your opening. Still doing good, Nick? (laughs) And then the other Raptors related one is, 
is resting Kyle Lowry when the seventh seed in the lottery is clinched. I don't want to watch Stanley Johnson score 30 points and Aaron Baines with this jumbo lineup of Freddie Gillespie, Ken Birch, and Aaron Baines play for 40 minutes. Please just play Kyle Lowry so he can wave to the fans, wave to the screen and be gone. Like, I know I work the best job in the world. I get paid to watch the Raptors, but come on. There's no reason to rest Kyle Lowry. And that really frustrated me. Wow. Okay. I, I, I hear you. Yo, hear we you. should have started with this segment. I like that. You're all pumped. You. Yeah. I love it. That's good. Yeah. That, you know what? And listen, I think, and by the way, I think that is absolutely doing your job properly to be able to say, like, I think some, uh, people in your industry tend to shy away from saying anything negative about anything they're covering, right? Because it's, you know, they're worried about, you know, I love it. That's that though. Both those examples are very, very good. Not that we would know. Aaron, Aaron, do you have, do you have more? Do you have more? Like we, we'll yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, keep going. <laughs> so, I agree. so the the only other one, I guess I have, All if, right. we're stay, if we're staying basketball themed is, <laughs> is people who message me asking me for injury updates for their fantasy team. I'm not sitting on news that Kyle Lowry is out and I'm like, Oh, I know, but I'm not telling you because, because I just, I want to keep it to myself. My job is to tell you the information. So I'm not sitting here hold withholding information so I can set my fantasy lineup, but you can't. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've, oh. Bart, we've had dinner, dinner with Alec, Alex McKechnie a few times and uh, yeah, he, he does not give us any injury tips. He is, he is mum's the word. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know what? You are coming back on every week during the season just for this segment. I don't even give a shit <laughs> yeah, about your insights yeah, to the team. Yeah, just yeah, for this segment. Yeah, that was yeah. rant, rant, yeah, that, rant. That was a home those were that was a home run. That was a grand <laughs> slam of what drives you crazy. Actually, you know what? Do you have one more? Give us one more. That'll be the grand slam. That's four. I, I think on, that's all I got for you just guys tap, right now. Those are my three yeah. three Raptors related um or, or NBA related things that have just been driving me crazy lately. Oh, that, that was I I don't even want to follow it now. I mean, I'm just pass. Jeez. Uh, all right. Well, I'll give you mine, which is kind of pale in comparison now. Uh, but it's happened three times this week, Denno. It's along your lines, Denno. It's just like a little common human courtesy. If you're standing with your headphone, like with your little earbuds in, with both in both ears, you can't have a conversation with another person. I saw it three times this week. It's the most incredibly like rude thing ever. How do I even know you're listening? How do I know you're not still going? What's going on in your phone? Your ears are happening. So whenever I have it, I always at least take one out to let the person know I'm acknowledging you're talking to me. I'm going to listen at least with one ear. But how do you sit there with both earbuds in and pretend like you're having an engaged conversation with somebody? Three times I saw it this week. I almost said something to the last guy today when I saw it. I actually saw it today. I was like, that's it. I'm doing it for what drives you crazy. <laughs> but seriously, that is so rude. I agree. I agree. It is. Yeah. It is. So, so it's texting responses. But yeah, that's part of it as well. Yeah. That's that's smart. That's a time saver. See, <laughs> I get that guy with his earbuds. And he probably doesn't want to make small talk with that guy. But guess what? Once you're engaged, take the earphones out. <laughs> that's it. That's how it goes. All right. All right. Listen, we got to get out of here. Uh, we do have an AOB. I have a couple AOBers. Uh, which is any other business. So, uh, Kitch, do you have anything for us this week? Yeah, I got one or two. Well, just, I just threw start? it over to you. I just threw okay. it over to you, so that, that so, usually is an indication. Wait, like one thing go. One thing is almost hit my, my drives crazy, but I'm going to throw it in OB instead. So we have our, our guys, we have our Vegas road trip coming up in November of this year, and guys are just hanging on that. That is that is the most excited that got, all my buddies are, are looking forward to, which is sad. That is six mo- months from now, and that's the thing that everybody feels is the next thing that we can look forward to. And the fact now that 
when COVID started, we were looking at the U.S. like they're crazy. What are you doing? This is all. And now the fact that our province of Ontario has now become the laughing stock of North America, like people, people calling from out of country are going, where do you live? How, like, how can they shut down your golf courses? This is so now we have become, we have become the laughing stock of North America. So that, that was my AOB for this week is the fact that, all right, Ford, Pay some attention here. Yeah, I know, but let's let's. That is really rich from the Americans who just threw uh, the value of life out the window. Is how they were dealing with it. So it's, I mean, I get it. Like, it Canada's, I'm not saying Canada's handling it well. I'm just saying that's a bit rich coming from the Americanos about how they handle things. They they clearly didn't follow the playbook either. But and the, so the news today was the UK opened up. They have 30 percent vaccination now in the UK, and they opened up freely again today. And we are waiting. No, for, no, we are waiting. That's not 70, true. See, you are waiting 75 percent. You're a fountain of misinformation. They started reducing their restrictions. They've not completely opened back up. June 21st is when they're supposed to officially open all uh, the country back up. So you can't mislead. But there's, like but there's still at 30 percent. There's still exactly percent vaccination. Trump got elected. That's 75 percent vaccination. 75 we're waiting for, and they're at 30, and they're starting to. Lose. Aaron, Aaron, I know it's hard to believe these guys were married at one time. These two <laughs> guys were married at one time, and this is what happens. This is what happens. All right, Daniel, on that note, do you have anything else for us of actually that's factual? Yes, I do. So for anyone, anyone who listened to the pod last week, whenever Bart trashes a player and you know what happens, the next game, the next the next 10 minutes, that player's going to score a lot of points. So he trashed Stanley Johnson last week. <laughs> I had Stanley's back. I said he's got a bit of game. What did Stanley Johnson do? 35 10 and five and Bart, you know, what's thinking, do you know what number he is? Bart, do you know what number he is? He's 35, isn't he? Five, five. Oh, is he, oh, is he Carol? <laughs> yes. I'm showing a signed JYD 2.0 Damari Carroll Jersey number five, baby. Stanley Johnson. Bart. Still, still the worst signing. Okay, but he still got the, didn't, didn't we stomp on that Jersey? Mike, no, that was, to, I, was a di- I, I have multiple jerseys. Uh, Mike, want, look at Mike wants to jump in. Mike wants to know where you got it. <laughs> Listen, JYD 2.0 jersey. Come on, please stop. Oh, don't, yeah. don't hit me with that. That's an episode. That's an episode. Okay, Bart, uh, you actually mentioned Fred Van Vliet earlier about um, him finishing at the rim, so I looked it up. He's got the 20th most uh, attempts in driving to the basket uh, amongst guards in the league. Um, and he's outside the top 150 when it comes to efficiency. He's going 1.5 out of 3.8 attempts, so he's good for 38% at the rim finishing. So you were spot on with that. See, the eye test. Well, guys, remember, I, do, I did play at the collegiate level, so I have a bit of an eye for this shit, right? So it's fine. I mean, that's, what I, that's, what, that's why I'm here. Mike, don't feed the animals. Don't feed the animals. Also, yeah. also, yeah. See, also, Siakam's uh, assist to turnover ratio is a 1.92, up from 1.4 year prior in 1920, and in 1819, he was at 1.6. So um, the assist to turnover ratio is looking a little bit better this year. Okay. Yeah. And Bart, Bart, final one. Uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, ninth player ever to go 50, 40, and 90. So it's 50, 50% field goals, 40%, 3, 90%. Steve Nash, they should name this after Steve Nash. They should. Who did it four times. Yeah. Mm. And only one of the persons done it twice. Curry's only done it once. Yeah. Larry, Larry Bird. Bird. Twice. That's right. Did twice. No, it doesn't mean. Yeah, they should do that, actually. Uh, all right. Aaron, before I get to you, I'm just going to, I got uh, two things. Um, 
this guy, Richard Bland, did you guys see this on the weekend? His 478th professional golf tournament. And he finally won his first one. And it was just a tear fest. They had his parents on, like uh, they zoomed in his parents and it was just like, but it was, I mean, it was a great moment, uh, but it was just, yeah. 478 tries. Guy's been on tour for like 30 years, 48 years old. I thought that was what, pretty impressive. What tour? What tour do you win? Uh, the European PGA. Oh. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was legitimate. Like it was legitimate. Like it was the yeah. British masters. It was a, it was a real golf tournament. Uh, and then what else did I have? Uh, oh yeah. Did you guys see that golfer in Canada who supposedly shot 59? The highlight of it i read that was a bit of my rabbit hole but yeah this canadian got like not a professional and they've got him jumping in the lake after he makes this like monster 40 foot putt for the for the eagle on 18 to make 59 so i just not so sure you know what i'm gonna look into that i'll come back and let you know if that's true or not but i don't think i don't think it is are you gonna bring it bart you're gonna bring up the 14 year old girl the hitter the driver oh did you see that yeah i think guys. uh how about that down did you see that 14 year, years old uh I can't remember her name, but qualified for the ladies U.S. Open and routinely hits at 280 to 290 off the tee. 14 years old. That's you know what? That's pretty impressive. That's puts solid. into puts into perspective how my kids are doing at their tennis academy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to rethink things here a little bit. Uh, all right, Aaron. Before we get out of here, why don't you? Uh, what do you got for us? You got an article. You got a Lowry. What promote something here? What do you? What do you got? I have a uh, Kyle Lowry priorities for his free agency story coming this afternoon. And I was just some Masai jury odds. I guess it's minus 220 that he returns to Toronto. And if you trust Grange's sources, which I generally do, he is a source with, I think it was within MLSE that has it at 95% that he returns to Toronto. So there seems to be 220 isn't great odds, but there seems to be an ability to maybe make some money there. So, you know um, what, uh, Aaron, I would disagree with you. That's not great. A sure thing, a great, I don't care what the, if it's a sure thing, minus 220, minus 2020, I don't care. Let's go bet it, Deno. I don't know how to bet that. I'd love to bet that. I was told it's on Bodog, so that's where you guys Bodog, can go find yeah. it. There you go. Catch There's you. a free promotion for Bodog too. Oh. <laughs> hey Bart, so how do, how do people find uh, Aaron? Like how do how do how does the normal? What, you know what? Watch this. Hey Aaron, how do people find you? I'm on I'm on social media at Aaron Ben Rose, and then you can find my content, my stories at on si.com/nba/raptors, or just just Google Raptors. Aaron Rowe is Sports Illustrated. You'll find my stuff. And you're everywhere. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Aaron, listen, can't thank you enough for doing this. This was uh, this was fun. I'm telling you, I'm not joking. And with all due respect to Jack Armstrong and Matt Devlin, who had two decent What Drive You Crazy segments, yours is by far, that's the best, it's the best we ever had right there. So congratulations. You've, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it's going to do for your career, but you have won that award to this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. I'm probably too young. I'm probably too young to be that frustrated about small things, but whatever. No, listen. No, no, no. E Smith. E Smith was way more frustrated at your age than uh, than you are for sure. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's right. He had one too. Uh, all right. Listen, Aaron. Again, thank you. That's awesome. Uh, and as we, I don't know if you know this, but as we always end, we always end with the quiet magical uh, shot against Philadelphia, which we totally missed on last week. By the way, the two-year anniversary of that shot we don't even bring it up meanwhile it's all over social media twitter instagram everyone's talking about we just yeah whatever rappers podcast no idea no that's idea right that's right because that's history <laughs> well we do it every week we do the shot every week we're supposed to know what comes out all right Kawhi, take it away Kawhi up top looks at the clock turns the corner for the win